Coming at you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet hosted by Three Potatoes. That's us. I missed an opportunity there. Could have been like two potatoes. I'm the clever one. You're the potato ones. Oh, yeah. It's the noobs and the noob. Noobs and the newbie. My name is Austin. I'm one of those. And these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And And we're we're the other ones. (laughs) I don't know. I'm one of those, I guess. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who hasn't seen it before. And two two sons who haven't. haven't. (laughs) It got weird this this last couple of weeks, guys. Welcome to episode number 180, covering series 13, episode uh, 2, entitled Doctor Who colon Flux, comma, Chapter 2, Dash, War of the Santarans. Having fun with that. I'm yeah. loving it. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Hey, this is the one where we fought the Santarans in the past and in the present, possibly in the future. Maybe. 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 79 trillion light years away or whatever it was. Something. <laughs> Except this time, they're in Liverpool. And those are our docks. And this is my walk. <laughs> God. Story number 297B originally aired just the other day, November 7th, 2021, to 3.96 million viewers. Oh, the headline that I read this week, Doctor Who in Freefall. literally said in Freefall. And I was like, oh, devastatingly oh, low okay. numbers. Okay. Crushing the system. Um, as of today, the Wikia, uh, I don't think, had... Uh, the the additional numbers, you know, that was... I, I keep getting the terminology mixed up. Apparently, uh, that is the overnight numbers. And it's some additional numbers. I don't know, guys. I just don't know anymore. Um, so that was, you know, th- that day, it was 3.96 million viewers, which, granted, that does, you know, represent uh, a, a drop. But I was looking, um, I was looking up something else. Um, one of the... Uh, Oh, one of the uh, what? What next week's title is? And when I searched it, because it wasn't on the Wikia yet, it was on, I think, on Wikipedia. And Wikipedia listed the you know the overnights and then whatever the extended number. And the extended number was closer to six million. Mm. It was like five point I don't know eighty something something well, like that. We don't so, even know how they got that. So ah, like, uh, we don't. Yeah, that's that's true. So. Well, no, 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 no. The, the source cited was pretty official. I think it was oh. the same source that the Wikia uh, uses. So who knows? But at any rate, I, I still stand by the fact that probably that many people in North America also watched it. So shut up, haters. Anyways, uh, this one was written by Chibs and directed by Jamie Magnus Stone. I discovered this week, Jamie Magnus Stone is doing the first three and then the... Last three will be done by name to be added later. I forgot. Um, I saw that also on the Wikipedia article. Um, so the first three, Jamie Magnus Stone, the bottom three, somebody else, I can't remember the name. And then Chibs wrote the whole thing with the exception of one story. I think next week's story he co-wrote. But other than that, they're all accredited to uh, Chris Chibnall. Miscellaneous trivia. Corbin, did you do your homework? I did. This is why I didn't write a recap. Ah! <laughs> I was busy reading through Nobody this. Nobody would have noticed if you hadn't said that. My 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 cover was flawless. flawless. It really was. 100%. Um, so apparently, the Williamson tunnels were real. Are real. They still exist. Huh. Holy crap. 
Mr. Joseph Williamson. So, apparently. so, so, in the same way that Mary Seacole was a real, was a real character from history, so is Williamson. So is Williamson. So is he's a dude. He's, he's not a, a made-up character. He's an actual guy. So, the we do not know why he made these. That part is true, <laughs> right? They seem to be completely useless. There is, but I mean, like in the 1820s in Liverpool, right? In, I mean, like yep. all of this, wow. is all like of this is real. Accurate. Yeah, there are. Uh, well, first I want to point out there's an in fiction section, and the only reference is this episode. Nice. And then, um, that so yeah, for somebody to update the, the article, probably took like before the episode had finished. <laughs> probably, yeah. But um, so the purpose of the tunnels that's speculated, and there is. One theory that he was part of a religious sect. Really? That huh. Wikipedia has some qualms with this because there's no citations for this, oh, but okay. it is on the page hmm. that he was part of a religious sect that thought the world was going to end and he was building these tunnels to hide him and his friends. Okay, all right, hang on. Uh, which part is in dispute? The fact that he was part of this religious sect? The fact that or the religious sect existed, existed. at all. Oh, oh. Wow. So do <laughs> we even the know what it? it is? Does it have a really awesome name? I, it, it, the no, there's like no information because it feels completely, completely made up. Made up but it's very fun to imagine that that was true. Yeah, some dude all right, just like So the Wikipedia article tunnels. leaves it in there that he was part of this religious sect. It's probably going to be deleted And they believed soon. that the end of the end of days was coming soon. And then it's like citation needed. Is it like that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's going to be deleted soon for sure. <laughs> but um, the more commonly accepted explanation is that he was a philanthropist who was basically giving work to poor people and also training them on how to do things. Because apparently there are some particularly detailed like bits of this. Like they look really beautiful and they're completely hidden underground where no one can see them. <laughs> it's like this seems like training basically. Wow. Okay. So one theory is that the tunnels were not did not have a point. It had no purpose. Yeah. It, it was, was basically just pain that had people. a point. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I do love the Which way is, Doctor Who is putting. What? He's that's something he kind of said in the episode because he's like, "I'm giving them work. What does it matter what this is for?" That's true. Why not just pay them for nothing? Well, okay. why are they doing the work? He said. Well, no, because they're also like Corbin said, they're learning a trade. This oh. is a, you're not only going to get money, but you're also going to be a well-trained bricklayer yes. by the time you're huh. done. And here's a quote, I guess, from him. His workers all received a weekly wage and were thus enabled to enjoy the blessing of charity without the attendant curse of stifled self-respect. Nice. So he's not giving them the money. Yeah. They're doing work. What's, the, what's the, 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 current, the current cool phrase is it's not a handout, it's a hand up. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. I've so, never heard that. Yeah. Never heard that? Yeah. No. yeah. Um, Run a nonprofit for three years and you'll oh. be <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so I, I was fascinated by this and I literally grabbed the article link and said, here, Corbin, go research this because I, yeah. I was running out of time. But I did see one of the things that I saw early on was that there is a group called, is it the Friends of the Williamson Tunnels? Uh, yeah. Was that the name of the group? Like that. Is that what the cult it, is supposed to be? No, 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 no. This is like modern day. This is people who are just like interested in it. And there's like a Facebook page and, you know. Because of course there there is. Can you take tours? 
Or you used oh, to could, um, maybe? I don't know. That would be cool. I think I saw that you could tour it. I don't know if you still can. And that was part of what the Friends of the Williamson Tunnels did. And that's where a lot of the you know theories and speculation come out of that group because they're um, both interested in it like you would be interested in like a museum, you know, as a historical thing. But then there's also the people that are interested in it as a like crazy conspiracy theory place. But this is crazy. This says... Uh, as of 2019, the banqueting hall, I guess the main area, has been completely cleared, but excavations continue to newly discover tunnels leading off of the main chamber. Oh, so they like, huh? closed in the tunnels afterwards? And so they're just like opening uh, it up and rediscovering? I think some of it was on purpose closing it in. Other bits of it was like cave-ins, oh, but they're still discovering wow. parts of these tunnels. Oh, it wasn't crazy. until, I think it said 95 that they started excavating these tunnels. So, that's so cool. even like, these things are pretty new so i i love when um you know oh look it's mary shelley on the weekend that she yeah. wrote frankenstein you know Ooh. and like that that's cool but like the i've never heard of that, mary seacole yeah that's never you've heard of, never heard about yeah 100 true it's like yeah oh that's so interesting like, what was this guy jo- joseph williamson uh yeah joseph yeah. okay it's like how do you how do you come up with this like how do you see this and go i'm gonna incorporate this into a story it's like yeah to like, be where's fair the, like thought process from it's right. so cool like where people get their inspiration yeah like who knew about this and decided to incorporate it into that the tunnels are interesting but i would assume that mary c cole is someone they learn about in britain no no no. that's yeah Yeah. i've never heard of mary c cole yeah but i would imagine that she's probably more well known uh to 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 brits yeah i would imagine um especially the way the doctor said her name yeah you know um uh though the other dude didn't remember him. I can't remember his name. Uh, didn't know who Dan? Mary C. Yeah, Dan didn't seem to know who she was. So, okay, maybe not. I I don't know. It could be a historical blind spot because we're American. It could be that it's not super well known in the UK, but maybe some people would have known. I I, I don't have any idea. But I love when we get these, um, you know, random people that that you've never heard of, and because we because I did one bit of digging and then sent Corbin to do the rest. We had, we got all this information. Anyways, guys, news in the Hoovian is brought to you by Proby. Are you tired of getting knocked out at any time you happen to be facing the wrong way? Tired of being the level one boss in an eighties video game? Walks, mallets, slingshots, anything can take you down in one swipe. You need Proby, the Probic vent cover. It's like, it's just a cap. <laughs> it's just a simple, it, it could be literally made out of any sturdy material could screw on it it could i don't know it could flip on it doesn't really matter just cover the vent <laughs> by proby or better yet don't make it to begin with well no that remember that's where they plug in to rejuvenate uh, or whatever yeah. that's the whole thing but i'm like why isn't there a flip cap on there that as soon as you unplug it goes and snaps in place Who knows? you know what i'm saying anyways because we needed an easy way to get in and out yeah so that Rando from Liverpool can whack them with a mallet and I discover feel like their. They established this in a different episode, though. They did. No, no, no. This this is like a known thing. I think going back to classic Who, um, but I think um, like the only way it could be worse would be like if it was a flashing red light on the back of their neck. You know, like like a true eighties video game push character. Me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, uh, that brings us to the checklist. The name of the episode spoken in dialogue. Nope. Thank goodness. Yeah, lad. It's like. The War of the Centaur. <laughs> uh, the Creature of the Week. 
the Santarans, a much, much more classic Who style. Not, I think I kind of classic. Yeah, I, I wrote classical at first, and then I deleted the L to fix it. Classica. 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 It's like a by Prego. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, I think we may have mentioned this last week, but I, I don't remember that these Santarans are just their visual style is much more classic Who. Um, the very dark, dark, dark skin, like black smudges all over their face and and very lumpy like um and all all things considered um strax was not very deformed and lumpy looking stack is like he looks gross man Um, (laughs) never mind put it back on huh yeah (laughs) never mind put it back on um they were kind of severe a breach of curfew results in immediate execution all right they took over russia and china and I wasn't clear. Here's the thing I wasn't clear about. And this, I don't know, this might go more into the flux section later, but, uh, so when, when Dan gets back to Liverpool, they had been there. The Santarans had been there for two days. They showed up during the eclipse where the Lupari blocked out the sun. Right. But then when they're in the past, it's like Mary Seacole, yeah, Mary when C. Cole and the Lieutenant General have never Liverpool? heard of... Liverpool? No. When did they come to Earth? They've, right. always, yeah. they've always been here. Like, yeah, like they've never even heard of Russians. They've yeah. never heard that word. Except that it kind of is like something from the distant, like a memory, an echo of another time or something. So I'm like, like what? okay, so did they just recently show up, but the way they showed up sort of wibbly wobbly the timeline? But then why didn't that the happen future that's my point it's completely inconsistent maybe we just have too much proof in the future that they weren't always here i don't know but like we've seen this happen before where they like they come in and make it seem like they were always here you're thinking of the monks yeah yeah but that was like a psychic mind control thing this is just this is not really explained hmm. it's just like they've always been here which i took to mean that when they launched the 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 uh, tempura, temporal campaign, tempura. <laughs> the tempura campaign, the Japanese food <laughs> campaign um, from the future that they launched back into all different points of time. Yeah. So even though Commander Skak just showed up in the Crimean War era, there were also ones back earlier. So that's what she meant by they've always been here. Mm. But that doesn't seem, but then it's like, but I remember them like an echo from another time. And yeah. also we that only saw weird. those two uh, versions because they blew up the temporal command and the other ones didn't disappear. So. Yeah. 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 I didn't. Well, no, no, no. Because the doctor explained it that the, where Skak was, was the, like the pilot version. They were testing it out. So Uh I was under the, so after she said that, I'm like, oh, okay. So back in 2021 Liverpool, they haven't, launched the full campaign just the one to crimea so then what does it mean that they've always been there i don't know it's it's inconsistency are they gonna like launch something to make it like at some point they were planning to make it seem like they were always there exactly i guess except that they were already always there right in the past so why were they not always (laughs) already there exactly in the future that okay whatever the wibblies have gotten wobbly yes corbin you've reminded me of a very small detail that confuses me, which is they mentioned the three-minute eclipse, which Dan says must have been the Carvanista ships. 
Lupari. Lupari. Remember, Carbonista I, is I, a dude. I, yeah. Whatever. He is a Lupari. Who cares? <laughs> Me and yeah. the other nerds? <laughs> but, um, does that mean they stopped protecting, like, they stopped encasing Earth after three minutes? Let's come back to that. Yeah. I've got, I've got some notes about that in the Carbonista section. It, in, the, in the Who is Carbonista. That brings up a lot of questions it's, about it does, the it flux. Does, it does. There's a lot. Wait, um, we got to talk. Yeah, can we talk about the flux? Okay. Yeah, we've got it. We've got it. We've got it. Uh, what's his name? Uh, says uh, w- the not Strax. Um, says there's no such thing as pain. And then he says, well, it hurt a little. <laughs> that was great. Um, is there? Oh, okay. I wrote down, is there a difference between Sontar Ha and Sontar Ho? Yeah. Because when, I'm pretty sure when Skak executed the guy, <laughs> he gave him the mercy Sontar of immediate execution. Ho. Yes. Um, the Wakia noted specifically that this is the negative exclamation. So Santar Ha is what you say when something's great. It's the battle cry. Santar Ho is bad. Not and negative. great. It also noted it, this has never appeared before. Oh. Yeah. So they're basing that definition off of it's two uses, really one use by two people in this episode. Um, I just noted they started their invasion in Liverpool. What did you say, Corbin? Well, it's the current companion's hometown. Right, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the central the point of the universe. Ever, so yeah. they have to they have to start like that one exactly. car park in Rose's hometown where <laughs> oh, everything yeah. happened. You know that <laughs> exactly. sort of thing. Exactly. Um, I don't know why I wrote down Santaran Temporal Command. There you go. Tempora, it's, maybe it's there. No, I have I have a note about that later. Um, the flux is neither of their design or control, but their psychic command for song. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And I'm now? trying to figure out if. What is we that? saw the psychic command in the last episode, but I'm wondering if this is the first mention of this or if that's like a long time. Cause I don't ever remember that with the Santarans. So if it appeared in classic who then okay. But if not, it must, it's a brand new thing, hmm. uh, which I'm not, it's like, what uh, commander Skak chose the Crimea because he wanted to ride a horse. Yeah, that's funny. That was a great line. Cause awesome. he's like, plus I, want I to wanted to ride a horse. And he, you know, he didn't even do he that. Did good on the horse. Yeah, he did. Wait, did he? Did he yeah, ride he a horse? Rode, yeah. That's how we first saw him, right? Yes. He came rushing Smell out. Smell the stench of victory, <laughs> gentlemen, or whatever he said. Oh, he yeah. had a sword too, but and then the rest of them just had like laser guns. <laughs> right. Yeah. That yeah. that image of him in the like rusty battle worn armor upon a horse was all over the, oh, yeah. the promotional materials for sure. He says, "Oh, here was Corbin's favorite line: Your mm. blood shall soak our uniforms." Your bodies shall soften our steps. And I'm just like, damn. Awesome. (laughs) Did you both say you're going to step on us and that we're kind of pudgy at the same time? Like, what are you saying? Like, by the way, you've got room to talk there, Potato. Mr. Potato Man. Um, If they genuinely refuel all of their suits at the same time, they are the stupidest military force in the universe. They're way overconfident. They thought that the fact that they had a little barrier in this rock thing. Like oh yeah, the, someone the, could, the someone could sit up against it and fall into their base. Well, yeah, or throw a rock or like, something. She even yeah. says in the episode, "Their troops are kind of stupid because they they were I mean, not she, subtly she does, following but that." You have to remember that these are on the list of most dangerous villains in the universe. They're like, whatever. super overconfident. It would be like. Us killing mice. No, I think they're genuinely dumb because they were that well, one Santarin. Skak, Skak was not though. He was not an idiot as a leader. Maybe yeah, not. maybe not. He was 
maybe overly arrogant for yeah. sure. But I mean, just the idea of having your entire force down for seven and a half minutes once a day, essentially, what was it, every 27 hours or something? Mm-hmm. I'm like, why wouldn't you stagger that in shifts? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. even you make sense from a logistical shifts. standpoint. That means you have to have one charging port for every one of your soldiers instead of having yeah. one for every four and you do a four shifts or something. Like You have five it? whole ships. Like, what do you do? It takes yeah, there you go. Do one ship at a time. Yeah, break yeah. it up somehow. I don't know. It just, I'm, that bothered me. It bothered me the also, first time we watched it and the second time those? even more. How do they have what? Like, they needed that because of Earth. They needed that to breathe on Earth. Um, How did they no, have the I think it's explored um, previously that it's not just Earth gases. Oh, okay. That it's like, remember she said it supplements them with nutrients and whatever from their from their home world? Oh. I think that's wherever they go, they need that. I think. So, because that's why they're always in the suits, I guess. Exactly, exactly. So my big problem, my, and one of y'all mentioned this, and I didn't even think about it until y'all mentioned it, that uh, not Strax was there for days because oh, yeah. Mary Seacole said he rests for seven and a half minutes every 27 hours, but he didn't have any way of plugging in yeah. anywhere. So like you could say, okay, they still have to sleep during that time or rest during that time maybe, but if he wasn't getting the, the, the refill, he how was he still alive? Yeah. I also love, she mentions that he healed himself. Yes. So like he got hit by a cannonball yeah, and just self-resed himself. Like <laughs> with, with nothing, like no explanation as to how he did that. He just yeah. healed himself. No, he wouldn't yeah. accept any of our treatment. He just healed himself. Okay. But he yeah. didn't still have a bandage around his head. <laughs> You know, the, the international movie symbol of I've been injured I've been in war. by a cannonball. Yeah. In the back. I'm the cannonball to the back immediately results in bandage around the head. And bleeding from the mouth, obviously. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. You if you are shot that. anywhere in the torso, you will bleed from the corner of your mouth. Yeah. That's the other international movie sign for injuries. Yeah. Uh, the TARDIS. We went from too many doors to no doors. Holy crap. That was mm. amazing. Oh, she yeah. showed up and she started going around it. As soon as she started going around it trying you to find went, the door, oh. I went, oh, there's, no doors. there's no doors. And y'all were like, huh? I was like, there's no doors. Just watch. She's going to go around all four sides. And she's like, let me in. I've got to go. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, why did it suddenly show up at the end? Hmm? At the yeah. very end, she saves the day and and all this crap. And then the TARDIS was just kind of there. materializes, oh, does yeah, the vorp vorp thing, and shows up right next to her. And the doors are back. Like okay, the door's coming back at the end sure, without an explanation. Fine, because we can say weird we crap is happening reason. to the TARDIS. Yeah. What'd you say? We just needed a reason to get it out. It's the end of the episode, bring well, it back. Whatever. No, what I mean is what I mean is like weird crap's happening to the TARDIS. So like the doors were gone, now they're back, uh, fine. But why did it suddenly materialize? She didn't use the sonic yeah, to she call, didn't it. call it. She didn't do like it's just it was like it was like somebody you know, hit auto retrieve on their Tesla and it came from the mm-hmm. parking lot at target or whatever. Um, stuff is growing everywhere. There's like crystalline structures yeah. growing out of the floor, goop falling from the ceiling. Yeah. Some of the round things have like started protruding into the TARDIS console room and everything. And then it got hijacked and brought to the temple of Atropos. She said, I can't stop it. We've, it's been hijacked. And I was like, which, why do you assume it's been hijacked and not, the TARDIS is flying itself. Is flying itself. As it is done multiple times. Bringing and you where you need to be. Yeah, Again, exactly. uh, 
the lucky it got hijacked because they had no way of knowing yeah. where she was. And it brought them to presumably exactly where they needed to be. Given that her spatiotemporal readings are zero, Did, they were nowhere. Okay. So wait, what was the doctor going to do? Was she leaving to go find Yaz? Yeah. I think that was the idea. Is that what she said? Yeah, yeah, she did. And then she asked Dan, do you want to come? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Sonic. The doctor's signal for parlay, where she like pointed it in the sky and it was like, wow, wow, wow. And it was like that really cool uh, visual effect. That was used very heavily in the trailers. And it seemed in the trailers to me like it was going to be a little more important than just a spacey-wacey alarm bell. Because that's essentially <laughs> all yeah. she used it for. Yeah. She used it one time in the episode to say, hey, I'm ready for the meeting. <laughs> I thought it was like repelling the enemy or something. No. Nope. I was like, that was a lot of special effect That's to waste now. on something she could have just like sent a flare into the air or something. Pull, you know, pull a flare gun out of one of her infinite pockets or something. Oh, yeah. Um, other stuff we noticed, the crazy black and white broken floaty mansion at the beginning was that the one that Diane went into? See, yeah, that's what I was thinking, but it looks different and it's also way bigger. So maybe that was a was side it? of it. Because it was like, yeah, it's, it, which it was, was like bigger? all weird and the one that was floating. Okay. Not the one on the street. That one was like smaller. It was like, I don't know. I don't feel like it was the same building. I didn't the, feel this the second, uh, the first time, but the second time I was watching it, I was like, it, I'm getting some vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it didn't catch me the first time. It felt time. the same, but it wasn't like yeah. they looked the same. And then it was just like, poof. Like, yeah, that's, she snapped that's out all. of it and like, that's it? So like... Nothing more about that. that, that maybe that's part of why, because because when, when it that started up the second time through, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this weird little dream sequence we're having here. What's significant about this? Because we never mentioned it again. Yeah. What's significant about it? The only thing there is the house. And it just was like, oh, is that supposed to be the house that Diane went into? And it, I, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe we'll know one day. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Um, What did I? Oh, and then I wrote right after that, she snapped out of it and she's in the battlefield in Crimea. And I said, wait, how did they get there? Because like what happened when the flux caught up to them or did it catch up to them maybe the tardis like because the tardis was on the ground landed it didn't yeah, crash right it yeah. didn't crash i think it the wasn't TARDIS even laying on its like, side with a with a with a safety net and the a TARDIS double probably like dematerialized and just i feel like that's that, what i didn't understand like, so about the end of that episode. if that's what happens that is dumb because they would it was, why she, didn't they just do she that? broke yeah. the tardis and shot vortex yeah. energy into it as right. a last ditch resort like maybe if it the just vortex managed energy like sent them back or something yeah. so we may we may let's 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 come back to this when we get to can we talk about the flux but um remind me about the alternate universe idea right so then my next question was did the same thing happen to vendor because the last time we saw vendor he was in the escape pod trying to outrun the flux. Yeah. And then the next time we see him, he's waking up on the ground in the Temple of Atropos, dazed and confused like the doctor was. Yeah. And mind you, he was very close to the flux, and even the very. TARDIS couldn't outrun it. Right. Yeah. So right. he had no chance so of I'm getting away. So I'm assuming that the flux caught him and he woke up somewhere else the same way the doctor and the companions did. Which doesn't seem to be what happens when it literally like atomizes planets. Right. So like, right. 
Maybe it's sucking Unless planets it back does. to a different timeline. We'll see. Um, we had the, a reference to the right to silence under Article Cyan KZ Slothback of the Shadow Pro- Proclamation. I love it when this is like a thing in Doctor Who where it's like uh, the one time when they went to the second episode ever um, when, when they took Rose to the end of the world and he's like, she said, what year is it? And he was like, um, it's five apple, cyan, magenta, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah. I love when they like, we're so far gone, numbers don't even make sense anymore. Yeah. So this was uh, article cyan KZ Slothback of the Shadow Proclamation. I just, I could listen to um, not Strax say Slothback. Slothback. Yeah, Slothback. Uh, Dan was gone for two days. And he also a- said, I've had experience with aliens in the past. These last couple of days. days. Yeah, or a few days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, didn't it seem... Okay, so if we're saying from the time that Carvanista, you know, kidnapped him from Earth to the time that he gets back in the beginning of this episode, I mean, what are we talking? 12 hours? Yeah. Yeah? Most. I mean, like, unless it's one of these things where like way more time was passing than we realized or something, really but it seemed so. very, yeah. Yeah. It seemed very, well, the quick. thing is like the, the flux was coming. They blocked it. They got hit by the flux. No, like it's like, not like, even yeah. his time with Carvanista because they said two days after the blackout. So those ships surround them. That's when the Santarans slip in and he's been gone ever since then. So that's literally just him okay. getting so it's sucked into the flux. not even his entire adventure. It's just from the time that the flux hit him yeah. until he walked across the battlefield. So again, 30 minutes maybe? 30 minutes? Yeah. Like, like they surrounded the planet and the TARDIS got sucked up by the flux within minutes at most. Right, right. And, and, huh. So maybe the flux, like it sent them and when, back in time, it sent them forward in time. Well, no. No, because we're we're led to believe that the shield around the planet worked for whatever reason. Yeah. But so Dan disappeared. So during the three minute eclipse, the Santarans land and Dan gets thrown into the Crimean War. But then by the time he gets back to the British hotel, he disappears because he falls through time and lands back in Liverpool, which but it's two days later. He could be, you know taking this very well and just adapting his language to his I parents' understanding. But that's still weird. That's why I'm saying he's a time lord. He's, he's a time he's too. He's entirely too comfortable with everything. He's entirely too laid he's back. Like, yeah, I gotta walk. Like, <laughs> we mentioned it at the very start of the episode where he's oh, just describing he's like, what happens. He's like, parents go yeah. home. I'm going in. Well, there's yeah. that. Right. I'm gonna go take that's everything down. He's like, he's, and, and, okay, if I'm wrong about Dan, then it's just because this was originally supposed to be a 10 episode season and it got <laughs> chopped down to six. So and so maybe there line. was a whole other episode with Dan getting used to things that we just had to get rid yeah. of for time. I don't know. But like at the very start of the episode, he's just like describing all the ridiculous things that just happened. Like it's absolutely nothing. And yeah. Like I have, he's been I have a note Taurus. about that later. So let, let's, let's get off of uh, Dan for a second. And, and um, that was more about the time. The timeline seeming weird. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, the Temple of Atropos. This almost got its own section. Um, the Temple of Atropos on the planet Time. All time passes through the Mori and must pass through the Mori. 
time used to run wild. I am very confused. We learn confused. that time is destruction. The Mori are control. Time is evil, and it will seek its own. Swarm calls Atropos where it all began and where it will all begin again. Okay. So we're resetting the universe for a second time. Again, again. I took, I took the it to mean His the it between him the and the doctor. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. Not maybe not it as in all of time and space. Um, but I could be wrong. The spatio temporal temporal readings, as Corbin said, are at zero, which is impossible. It is nowhere, no win. I no guess win. is what that means. Yeah. I just them using time, capital T time as the planet's name as some sort of thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then just describing time in general. Like an entity or being. Confusing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I told Jared in a text message the other day. I might have said this on the podcast. I don't know. It's all a blur now. Chibs is writing a lot of checks that he had better cash in mm-hmm. the next four episodes. <laughs> yeah. He has four. Okay. He may not have four. I'm still fuzzy. I'm still fuzzy on whether or not these six episodes stand alone and then there's a New Year's and then there's a sp- uh, spring and then there's a fall special or if all of these are supposed to be one or the way I think it's going is that these six plus New Year's plus the spring special are one like Sorry. go together and then the regeneration episode is separate. But either way, he's got a lot of ground. to go. He is still writing checks. He wrote a lot of checks oh, yeah. in the in in the Halloween Apocalypse. A lo- more than any series opener he, I can ever remember for any season. television show ever. Forget he about set- setting up a whole season. He set up a whole season arc, mystery box with the flux. Who is Claire? What's her deal? Oh my gosh, the angels are back. We just oh, saw yeah. the Santarans. What's the deal with Diane? Who is like- the swarm? I mean, it's just like here's three seasons of stuff that we're going to cover in the next six episodes. Yeah. Oh, and then because we forgot about him every single time until he appears on screen. Williamson. Williamson. Yes. Like I just rattled them all off and forgot Williamson again because he's like to me, he's a very interesting character buried under a mountain of other interesting characters. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And and, and I I told Jared, I was like, I I want to trust Chibs. I I want to believe him. I really don't. Here's where I'm at. Knowing now that, did I say this last week? That Chibs yeah. and Jody had a three year pact. You think they were knew. doing. I think the that the flux. Six episodes, though. I think the <laughs> flux was his plan all along. Yeah. I think he, he knew he wanted to tell this story. I think. I don't know why he didn't lead with it. Unless it, it ties directly into 13 dying. But I believe he had the story in mind. And I also believe that they seriously considered their options when COVID happened. And they said, because I heard him say in an interview, we could have either done the full season and been way more limited. Or we could have pared it down to fewer episodes and done the most ambitious season of Doctor Who's history. I really hope that it lives up. I really do too. I really want to believe him. So I'm going to, and so far I'm in man. Yeah. He has not lost. I was afraid after the hype of last week that this week was was going to suck. And I was like, no, no, this is pretty solid. This was pretty solid. 
Um, and they're, to me, they're keeping up with it. Yeah, and they've closed off one storyline at least. Uh, which one? The Suntarns. Suntarns. Yeah, um, maybe. I really don't maybe. think they can get know. another. Hey, episode we're we're talking about the uh, the overall impressions. Um, we need to move on. <laughs> um, I love it when waste tubes have internal circular lights. You know, so that yeah. the waste has a cool atmosphere on its way down. Yeah, you could be like, you know, it's is that the club? <laughs> also, As that it's was sliding down the tunnels. So. Chewbacca and Han Solo wasn't oh, it? Definitely oh, definitely. So yeah. It's just absolutely. Wait, and that was Carbonista and Dan, wasn't it? It yeah. was. I mean, they yeah. totally are Chewie and Han, aren't they? Yeah. I love it. Except that we can understand uh, Carbonista. yeah. And he's the smart one. <laughs> totally. What are you trying to say? I love that it's also playing on the... Wait, what are you... Are you, are you saying Chewbacca's dumb? <laughs> I mean, it's not... You've heard the theory that Han is Chewbacca's dog, right? What? <laughs> no. Uh, Wookiees live for like what is it like 250 years or some crap, <laughs> and so there's 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 a so an idea, the tag along there's buddy. an there's an idea out there that uh, if you if you realize that Han, given his size, age discrepancy, and you know that Chewbacca is not an idiot, he just yeah. sounds goofy. You realize Han is not only Chewbacca's pet. He's probably like his third one. <laughs> yeah. He's probably like Tucker is to you guys. You know, like just the most recent dog that you've owned <laughs> in your lifetime. Not the last either. Not no. the last one. No. Um, but yeah, anyways. Um, by the way, y'all know not to ever use what was the name of your childhood pet as your security passwords because we've mentioned both dogs on the podcast multiple times, right? Just I, later I was on. never planning on doing Later that on when you're setting up your bank accounts and they're like, Pick your security question, and one of them is, "What was your pet's name as a child?" And that's just you a dumb can't. idea in general. Yeah. No, it made sense. Everyone fifteen your- years ago when people weren't on living on the internet. Jam Anyways, on the who is Mary Seacole? Again, real historical character. She was called the Doctress to the Soldiers. She was a true pioneer. Built the British Hotel out of whatever she could find. Immediately gained tons of respect from the Doctor from that. And uh, <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the whole episode, Dan says, is that Mary Seacole? Hello, Mary Seacole. Hello, dear. I don't understand any of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that line because she's just so excited. And yeah. I, I love that line. Her line right before that was my favorite line where the doctor's like, uh, you know, they're going to invade Earth's history and take over. And it's going to be like they were always here. And she goes, well, Wait, you what? better stop them. Or yeah. <laughs> you better make sure they don't. And then she talked with, hello, dear. I don't understand any of this. She's just so, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Who is Carvanista? Um, he's still got a human in this fight. <laughs> that oh, was wow. so. I didn't get that line. One of y'all pointed it out. One of y'all said, He's got a human got a in human this in fight. And I was like, oh, wait. Oh. So then the second time through, I wasn't waiting on that line. But when he said it, as he was like, saying oh. it, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, and it was even funnier that time because I got to hear it in context yeah. and, and get the joke. That's always fun. Um, why aren't all the Lupari down there helping out, Corbin? Yeah. They're just kind of chilling in their ships. Apparently because they leave humans. everything up to Carvanista to... Crap uh, yeah, and they so they have formed the shield, and during that process, the Santarans like landed all of a sudden during the the milliseconds before the shield formed, mm-hmm. which makes zero sense. What? Yeah. And then, like, if, what? If they had they, seven billion like laser dogs to like 
fight the Zatarans. Laser dogs? Why are they laser dogs? Well, they got laser guns and they're dogs, so they're laser, yeah, laser dogs. dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Corbin pointed out, you know, it was a three-minute eclipse, so that means what, what happened to the ships? They yeah. broke formation, but then what? That's and then we like definitely what? get the impression from Carbonista that they're still up there, but it's been two days. Why haven't they come down and whooped the Santarans' butts already? And when they did, why did Carbonista come alone? Yeah. Why wasn't it all of the Lupari? One Lupari per human. Because how many how yeah. many humans died because they breached a curfew? Uh, yeah, right. Right? We saw three get executed for spying. Or we saw Lupari that happen. Man. Yeah. So anyways, that's dumb. Um, I love when Dan says, uh, yeah, I came up with the idea all, all on my own until Scooby-Doo here tried to take all the credit. <laughs> I did see lots of um, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy uh, Carbonista and Dan memes this week. That was great. Um, I love at the end, uh, Dan says, I hope I never see you again. And he says, the feeling's mutual. That was great. Corbin, what's this here? Uh, this was something I mentioned when we were re-watching it, but how important is he supposed to be? Like, is he the leader of all the Lupari Not how or important is he to the show, but to but his people. To his I mean, his he people. commanded all yeah. the ships to just change formation on a dime. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's the one that shows up to help out. I mean, granted, that's budgetary. And all the blame <laughs> got put on him when the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he took all the blame. For what? Why? <laughs> yeah, like he said, make this formation that saved the Earth from the flux. Why would you be blamed yeah. for, oh, I didn't know that the Santarans were going to slip in at the last second? Which still Why doesn't make any sense. one of the yeah. other 6,999,999 other ships see that? How did, how did those massive ships slip in past yeah. 7 billion Lupari ships. Yeah. What? Like we seized our opportunity and flew in these And they slipped in ships. into the past. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Something about the slipping in part, they like slipped in wrong and went back rotations and just, you know, went into the past. Yeah. And it took them, it took the Lupari two days to notice. That's what it was. Oh, uh, yes. yes. Um, who is Williamson? It seems like he got transported to the Temple of Atropos as well. And uh, it said something about it insists on shifting, yeah. like shifting him around. So there's that interaction between him and Yaz about yeah. well, what year do you think it is and that whole thing. And he's like, how am I supposed to like work and deal with all this? At first, we thought the when we watched it the first time, we thought that he was in the tunnels. Yeah. And so therefore, the Temple of Atropos was in the tunnels under Liverpool. But, nope. but no, apparently right. not. He he got shifted there too, transported there too, and just how? didn't I, you know realize? Because he didn't know he was in a new place until that interaction with her. He didn't. He didn't seem to. He was like, at yeah. the very least, he thought it was the same year. Def- yeah, Honor. definitely thought that. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, well, you know, why would he have any reason to think otherwise? I guess he did live in the eighteen twenties or whatever. Yeah. So. Um, who is Swarm? He seems to know Yaz. She says, I don't think we've met. And he says, such linear creatures. I, I could listen to that guy talk all day long. Yeah. Um, I Like Strax, I could listen. I could <laughs> laugh at anything he says. Swarm, I could listen to read the phone book and feel inspired. I mean, <laughs> which is weird because he's definitely like an evil character. But yeah, he definitely evil, has yeah. that. He definitely has that, that kind of voice. So uh, apparently their names are translations, but they'll do. And to which Trip said, "Well, what what do their names actually mean? <laughs> like, what what are their names? If Swarm is like a loose translation, um, who is I said last week Azure, 
but apparently it's pronounced as you. As you. You have to say. You have to go uh, at the end. As, as you. You all right, Corbin? Yeah. <laughs> that one got you. Um, we never heard her name last week, but I guess she got credited in the Radio Times as Azure. I'm going to say Azure. Azure. Oh, as crap. You, as you. As you. As you. I am as you. Oh, I, I am your death. <laughs> um, she's more powerful than before, as Swarm told her. And he said, which is what will make the wait worth it. So whatever they've been waiting for, it souped up their powers or something. Apparently, I guess. I'm also noticing that while they are very similar, Swarm and Azure, um, he's got like the crystalline acne thing happening, like whatever's She's going on like there. She's got like sparkles or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got, he's got some head. sparkles. Um, he's, just got, he's got more bling. He's like gold teeth. Yeah. Did I say this before we started recording? Yes. I did. Um, go, go Google... Uh, Doctor Who swarm and get a production photo instead of a screen grab from the actual show. Cause in the show it's very dark and yeah. Azure looks it's kind of brown. chocolate Brown, but he is purple. And not only is he purple, his suit is purple in the way that only a prince from the nineties suit <laughs> is allowed legally to be purple. I mean, it is amazing. And then all the like goldish stuff is really gold in, in like proper studio lighting and his teeth, which just look off and dark and something's wrong with his teeth, are grill gold, like bling gold. He looks amazing. Like, he's an amazing looking character, but when you see him in full light, he, both That's of them. Because Azure looks even more amazing. Um, that Whatever is going on with their makeup there, somebody needs a, a flipping BAFTA or whatever they get over there. Um, let's see. Who is Passenger? All right. They just, they show up at the Temple of Atropos. No, no, no. Right before they show up at the temple, uh, Passenger shows up or whatever. And Swarm says, ah, Passenger, we are three. Okay, so now there's three of them. And we get no other information about Passenger yeah. in the entirety of this episode, except for later on, he sort of makes it seem like Passenger is the, the tough right? The heavy that's, that's going to crack some skulls if you don't do what I say, right? Mm -hmm. Even though you can't shoot me with your laser gun anyway. Yeah, because yeah. I can just teleport because that's... Yeah, that I forgot to put that under who is Swarm. He can teleport and so can Azure. Presumably yeah. Passenger. Passenger, we don't see the face at all. We don't no. see anything from him. No. So um, we're ma even making an assumption that it's a him. Wow. Um, definitely bigger, both taller and broader than either Swarm or Azure. Mm -hmm. There is a theory I I don't I don't think I would have gotten this on my own. But there's a theory. Okay. So Swarm regenerates and escapes. And then he finds, I can't even remember the woman's name now, uh, the woman that was at, living at the lighthouse and kills the husband, to which she says, thank you. And then when he touches her, instead of her vaporizing into into you know Thanos snap particles the particles flake off of her and you find out oh, she's one of them, right? She's Azure. Then we see Diane, not of her own volition, walk into a mansion. Trip, Trip just got there. Oh. She walks into a mansion. We hear the voice of Azure say, we're going to have fun with this one. And the next time we see Azure, 
She has passenger with her. And Diane is nowhere to be found. Yeah. So there's a theory online. Is Diane passenger in the same way that lighthouse woman was Azure? I'm down. Uh It works for me. I mean, I have nothing to go on other than exactly what I just stated. And again, I would not have gotten there. I would have been at the end of this episode, I would have been saying, what happened to Diane, guys? Actually, the very next thing, um, oh no, the very next thing is who is Claire? We got nothing on her, but I have who is Diane on here. And I would have said, hey, whatever happened to Diane? I guess we'll find out later. Maybe she's passenger. Who knows? Uh, So who is Vendor, serving commander, instant V Vendor of Casto Winfer... Foxfell, holy crap. That guy said that we so fast. We rewound that holy so crap. many times. I finally had to look it up on the Wikia because when we paused it, the closed captioning went away. I was like, what? That going on AMC Plus when I used to pause HBO Max or Amazon, the captions were still there. Uh, who is Dan Lewis? He's way too casual about this opening line where he's like, last I remember, we were in your TARDIS and the flux was coming after us or you shot the thing with the flux or whatever. Yeah. He's way too casual about throwing out, we were in your TARDIS. Did that bother anybody else? Yeah. I he, just feel like we're moving fast just for this character. Encou- that's what I'm saying. He just encountered the TARDIS for the very first time, was super chill about it, and then goes, he doesn't say, we were in your ship thingy, like we've heard other people say. We were in that blue box over there. He says, we were in your TARDIS, and he kind of emphasized your in a way that made me go, Rrr? Shaggy? Jadarian and that. <laughs> yes, mentally I went. <laughs> and then he says, I've had some experience with aliens these last few days. Um, have we you? already torn the shreds. Have you? Um, just, just one This is where, thing. again, I put, for them, for his parents, it's been like two days. For him, it's been like 12 hours. Even that. Yeah. And even that. Less than so that. he has less experience. Car- Carvanista, was that it? That was it, wasn't it? Was it. Yeah. It's the only alien he's seen except the doctor. That was completely it. He doesn't know that the doctor's an alien. Though. I mean, doesn't. in theory, in theory, his parents have had Actually, more experience with aliens yeah. than he has because they just took two of them out with a frying pan and a walk. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> and they're obsessed with Japanese food. They keep talking about tempura command, tempura offensive. Yeah. His lines are so cheesy yeah. and I <laughs> love them. I love them so much. Um, okay. He does the, again, let's prove how stupid the Santarans are. Oh, you can uh, ask your commander about it. Look, he's right over there. So the soldiers who are trained to never turn their back on the enemy because the only vulnerability they have (laughs) is on the back of their neck and should never be pointed at their enemy, turns around and Dan goes, wait for it. Wait for it. And then lifts up the walk and smacks him. He took way too long. Way too long. Like, if I was that Santaran, I would have turned around and said, he's not there, and immediately turned back around before Dan even got the walk raised up. He took way too long, but that's okay. He made up for it by saying, I'm going to walk right out of here. <laughs> that is like a Spider-Man oh level pun. Spider-Man. Like, yeah. Are you talking about like 1940s <laughs> comic book Spider-Man? Yeah. I don't even think it was around in the 40s, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, uh, silver era comic book cheesy level cheese. pun in the middle of a battle. Yeah. Oh gosh. All right. Man. I was just looking for the PA. <laughs> seen less cheese in a Velveeta factory. Um, you want to come? What? Oh, the doctor says, you want to come? And he's like, mm, sure. Yeah. So we, yeah. we got the official invitation to become a companion. 
And that was, you know, he kind of proved himself in this episode. You would, you would think after his small excursion in the first episode, he was kind of worthless. But in this episode, like he took a lot of initiative. Um, by the time the doctor got a computer turned on in the Centauran ship, he did too. I mean, that's kind of impressive. So well, yeah. Um, who is Yez? Um, <laughs> in the single greatest okay fans we hear you that I can remember in recent like ever. In, in seasons if ever yeah she says I need a universal GPS so I'll know where I am whenever this happens yeah because it does keep happening Every I literally said that line before she did I had to <laughs> I had to like I said it as she started saying it and had to rewind and say wait a minute did she literally say what I was saying <laughs> oh that was great uh, Corbin, you want to talk about this next note? Because I feel like you have feelings. WWTDD. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what would the doctor do? What would Jesus do? I have. Hey, oh, wait. Do Brits know about that? I think I have a bracelet that says, the, that has the WWJD. Yeah. Which, okay. for either, because I don't know if this ever hit, you know, the UK, if this ever crossed the pond. And for that matter, for. People too young to remember. <coughs> I was I was in youth group in church when this hit mm. the WWJD bracelet. It was a yeah. it was a nylon woven bracelet. Like, Ethan has one of those. He wears to church every year. It's, it's very retro just as strange as this. Really, yeah. Um, it made sense at the time. Except so the idea was you have this bracelet that says WWJD. It said for what would Jesus do? And so anytime you're about to do something, you look at the bracelet and you're reminded what would Jesus do? And that's there you go. That's that's your thing. You don't write it on your hand. And look at the palm of your hand every time you go to do anything. First of all, it really bothers me that she put the T. It shouldn't, <laughs> but it should just be WWDD. The fact that it's WWTDD makes it... What it's already that? too long. It is. Yeah. Saying WWJD literally takes longer than saying what would Jesus do. That, that used to bother me when I was a teenager wearing one of the bracelets. Yeah. WW that, is six syllables long. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is the thing that drives me nuts about working in web design. World Wide Web. WWW. Yes. <laughs> I was so ecstatic when WWW fell away as it. No, you don't need it anymore. Nobody's really using that anymore on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so WWTDD. Um, I said the same. I wrote a note and then Corbin vocalized it later. Is this going to be significant? Because there was way too much of a zoom in on her hand. Yeah, there was. And and, and I it saw didn't that need to be written. All cringed. she had to do was say, what would the doctor do right now? Yeah. I, and I think because then, I knew what would Jesus do, that's the only reason I knew what that was. And I oh, cringed yes. when I saw that. And right. Oh, <gasps> was that supposed to be a reveal? Maybe. Because she looked at it. And didn't read anything. She just saw the note in her hand and then did what the doctor would do. But then later on, Swarm brought it up. Is that supposed to be a reveal then? That's what I'm saying. Because he said, what is that note written in pen on on the palm of your hand? And she's like, (gasps) and he says, WWTDD, what would the doctor do? And I'm going... Why did he? What? Yeah, why did but now I'm wondering: was for it for us? the Brits and the and the the Zoomers that are like, I don't know what that is. What is that? Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Maybe, maybe it was a, a big reveal. So I just why do why would you write why why can't you just remember <laughs> that? Yeah, the the act of looking down at your hand. Yeah, you still have to remember that's there. By the way, not only that, but that's the worst place to write something if you wanted to stay. 
Yeah. Like you write it on the back of your wrist or something. And it's not exactly. The palm of your hand that gets the most rubbing and, and washing your hands. Love, like that's going to be gone soon unless it's a tattoo or something. I also love the, the big reveal that he knew that was there. I'm sure that other dude could have seen that <laughs> on her yeah. palm of her hand. Like it's not <laughs> hidden. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but he did seem to have like detailed knowledge of both her and Vendor and the fact that he said, oh, such linear creatures, yeah. again in my favorite accent. Yeah. Um, seems like, oh, okay, so this guy is, you know, kind of more wibbly wobbly than linear, cause and effect, as as Ten said. Um, who is the doctor? She says, uh, the 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 general guy says, this woman does not speak for the British Army, and she says, I speak for more people than you can possibly imagine. I love when she just sort of drops the hammer with stuff like that. Uh, he says, escort this doctress back to camp. I love the word doctress. I've yeah. never heard that no. until this episode. And I desperately want to know, was that a common word? Because Mary Seacole was referred to as a doctress. And I'm like, is that really what that means? When she said, I'm the doctor, and Mary Seacole said, doctor is a man's title. And she said, it's fluid. Which <laughs> I thought yeah. that meant only men are doctors, not no. Actor is for well, men and actress is for women. Yeah. She was a nurse. Right, but doctress? but she was referred to as a doctress to the soldiers. But the one that was like a doctor was nurse. Who? The main person at the... It was running Mary the Seacole? hotel. Yeah. That's who I'm saying. She, Mary was she referred was to her? as the doctress to the soldiers. I thought she was called a nurse. I, I don't remember that. Somebody at some point referred to her as the doctress to the soldiers. Huh. I also, yeah. I find it interesting. Mary Seacole pointed that out. And then she said, I'm the doctor to that other dude. And that is absolutely the moment that guy should have been like, oh, a woman can't be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't do that. I thought that was weird. He was yeah. like, oh, she could use your help. I was like, uh, what? And bat an eye at that? Yeah. Get this show? Yeah. I'm surprised. Right. <laughs> um, it's a new season, Corbin. It's a new season. Um, what is this line? Oh, um, uh, Swarm says, why does she take interest in you, in any of you? You know, and, and then later on, or maybe it was, I don't know when, the doctor said, men like you make me wonder why I even bother with your planet or whatever. And Mary Siegel is like, well, I'm glad you do. I'm going to need a pointy stick. <laughs> it was a great line. I don't know why that tickled me so much. He's like, I assume you have a plan. I'm going to need a pointy stick. And I was like, what, to jab in the probic vents? What are we talking about? And she like whips the paper, to which Corbin said, I didn't notice the first time how lousy of a paint of a picture of a Sontaran that was. It looked like it was drawn by a three-year-old who had heard of a Sontaran. It was amazing. What's this, Corbin? Um, oh. So she, in, in the way she of, always does. There were a lot of does, memes about this. Yeah. In the way she always does, she gets mad at the general for killing all the Centaurans. And I'll be honest, that guy sucked. There was a lot of reasons to be angry at him. But, but I feel like... But you don't being... think this was one of them? No. Freaking Carvanista literally erased all of them from existence. Oh, we don't true. care about that at no. all. Well, she didn't know about that. She didn't. That's fair. But she did come back to the future and they weren't there. So something <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they uh, got, you know, politely escorted off planet. But I just love... Yeah, cleverly. First of all, this guy's entire, like, troop got murdered by these guys. Just a massacre. Not a... <laughs> the only um, 
Oh, crap. What are they called? Survivors? No, the only Santarans oh. that got killed was the one in the ship who stayed behind, which was hilarious. Oh, right. <laughs> Literally none of them died on the battlefield. But also, the Santarans, they have, like, time and time again established as just vicious warriors who right. will kill and should be stopped no matter what. Most brutal, efficient soldiers I've ever seen. Yeah. She just happened to make them retreat, but I feel like if given the chance, she would have just straight up murdered them yeah. the same as and he did. And it definitely seems likely that they were leaving to go resupply and return. And come back. Yeah. yeah. Making so a, he's like, I'm not letting that happen. Now, yeah. the memes that I kept seeing were the comparison between this and when the 10th Doctor flipped out on the Prime Minister for launching the nuke at who I don't even remember who it was um, that was the retreating from were, Earth. The eyeballs or whatever. Or no, that, no, 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 that was the Atraxi on in the eleventh hour. Um, no, no, it was somebody else. Some skull face guys from that Christmas episode. Yeah. Oh, the Sycorax. Sycorax. Yeah, he he scared the Sycorax off. They're leaving the planet because it's protected, and then she launches whatever the the nuke thing is or whatever it was, and and killed them all. And he was like. They were retreating, you know, like, the, you know. They were going to go tell everybody to come attack us. All right, uh, can we talk about the Flux? Um, there have been lots of comparisons between the Flux and the Nexus. Have you guys, you guys haven't seen Star Trek Generations, have you? No. no. Okay, it was the first of the TNG movies. And it's about an energy ribbon ripping through the galaxy and it's destroying everything in its wake and blah, blah, blah. And it turns out, that um, if you get caught in the ribbon, it appears like you get destroyed, right? Your planet blows up, your ship is destroyed, whatever. But in actuality, it is a gateway to another dimension or another realm or something. And it's a place of like pure fantasy. Everything you ever wanted comes true. And, you know, which of course means it's evil. Um, yeah. Um, somebody describes it as, it's as if, joy was a thing that you could wrap yourself in like a blanket. And I'm wondering, because obviously there's theories going around about the flux, about the doctor and the companions woke up in this episode in a different dimension, which is why she's never heard of the planet called time and blah, blah, blah. And all this kind of, you know, and why time is described so differently here. Why would the Azure and the other person be there? Well, the presumption is they're in control of it, right? Like they've created I this don't thing. No, I, I still think he created the flux, so he could have created the alternate universe where the that the flux took them to. Maybe. Okay, so y'all are both on board that that no. swarm created the flux. I don't no. think this is right at all because we have definitively seen planets that haven't even been engulfed by the flux being ripped apart by collapsing it. in themselves. like literally just destroy it's like that's not it being taken to a different universe that's like it's being atomized and sucked into the flux i think like i said to me it seems very similar pulled in and put back it's like like a transporter it pulls you apart and it sets you somewhere else i still can't help but notice the the similarity between the appearance of the flux and what it looks like when swarm vaporize yeah yeah that to me looks so similar and i don't know if that's just means they're using a similar special effect or if that's supposed to actually mean something in universe i don't know um russia is only remembered like an echo from another time that seemed to have to do more with the sontarans and whatever they did to insert themselves Mm -hmm. into history but like 
Yaz said, Yaz said, could it be related to the flux? And I'm like, of yeah. course it is. Everything this Everything season is going to be related to the flux. And, and again, what if, what if the Lupari shield didn't work? What if the flux hit yeah. Earth? Which? And Earth and all of the people on it and the Lupari and the Doctor and the Sontarans are all in this Maybe alternate That's why dimension. it was a three minute eclipse. Like, that's why they didn't the stay around. Maybe it wasn't a, an eclipse. <laughs> Maybe it was just. No, I mean, it didn't say, exist like, for three minutes. <laughs> like, they covered them. But then at some point they stopped, and maybe that's because the they got sucked into the Oh, because flux. they got taken. The over shields by the only lasted for three minutes. I just mean maybe their Corbett's ships didn't maybe work they, at all. They created the shield, which started the eclipse, and then three minutes later the flux hit the shield. Oh yeah, and sucked them all into this parallel universe. Like we said in the last whatever. episode, they're like, we know nothing about it. We also have the perfect counter, and like, yeah, what? Yeah, like I said, we're, you know. Your first instinct at the beginning of this episode is, oh, the shield worked. I think actually the doctor even said that. The Lupari shield worked. And it's like, well, unless you're all in a different dimension. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, We'll talk more about that in theories. Noobs in the Hoobian is actually brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you want to do what they do, here's what you do. Goo, 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 goo. What? Radio Gaga. Radio Radio. Goo, um, head over to noobsinthehoobian.com slash support. Find your favorite way of supporting your favorite family-friendly independent media today. Hey, Jared's here on a recording. What's up, Jared? Hello, Noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections. I've been saying that for, I don't know, maybe 100 episodes or more now. Uh, you guys know Jared brings the Classic Who Connections by now, don't you? Uh, maybe I'll keep saying it. It's comforting. At least to me. Uh, anyway, not that you wanted that introduction, but I'm here to talk about the War of the Suntarans. Uh, we've got some really, I think, really cool uh, connections, classical connections this time. So we'll just jump right into it, starting off with Lynx. When he said his name was Commander Lynx, I recognize that from the start. That goes clear back to the serial The Time Warriors, and this was the first serial with the Suntarans. It was also the first serial that we learned the name of the Doctor's homeworld, of course, Gallifrey, and the first appearance of Sarah Jane Smith. So a lot of firsts in that one. So kind of cool that they hearkened back to that one with Lynx. Uh, and and uh, it was also, that was with the third Doctor. So that goes way back uh, on, on, uh, on the classic Who scale uh, there. So I thought that was a fun, uh, fun connection. And coincidentally, as I mentioned last time, the potato heads, I mean, the Centaurans look a lot more like classic Who Centaurans. In fact, maybe that's why, because Lynx really does look like, you know, when they showed Lynx in this one, he looks like the classic Who Lynx. So maybe they're just saying, even though Centaurans are clones, there are still different uh, varieties out there. Um, maybe that's how it all kind of fits together. That's why Strax looks a little more modern uh, and different. I don't know. Uh, we, I don't think we got enough to uh, conclusively understand that. But it's still very cool going back to the first Centaurin uh, that we met, which was Commander Lynx. Uh, let's talk the second Doctor for a second because he has a couple of connections to the Crimean War. In the serial The Evil of the Daleks, he mentioned that he had been to the Crimean War. 
maybe this was, I mean, that this is in his future, but of course he's a time traveler, so it doesn't matter. So maybe that's, uh, maybe that's what he's referring to. And then in the War Games, which uh, is the second Doctor's last serial, also the first serial where we see the sonic screwdriver, uh, the, in that serial, in the War Games, you have... Uh, uh, they're they're bringing in uh, through time, not the doctor, but uh, the, the baddies are bringing in through time all uh, of these uh, soldiers to fight each other on this planet. Um, and so you have soldiers from the Crimean War as part of that. Um, apparently, this was a big deal in British history. I didn't know very much about the Crimean War before and looked a little bit into it, um, you know, back as in in the 1800s, as would happen, they got pulled in more because of their treaties and agreements with other countries uh, into this war. The British, that is, got pulled in. Uh, but anyway, it's kind of an interesting thing to, to look into. Um, and on a side note, personal note, uh, how odd is this? I watched this episode, and then my wife and I are looking for something to uh, um, to watch, and we find on, on Amazon uh, a movie from 79 with Sean Connery, The uh, the Great Train Robbery, and uh, it's, it's all based around the money that's going to pay a heist of the gold bars that's being used to pay the soldiers in the Crimean War and a heist that took place in, in England, uh, you know, based on a true story and all. So anyway, just kind of crazy. Th- thought I'd throw that in for a little bit of color. Uh, moving on back to uh, Classic Who Connections here. Um, who knew that you could sidetrack yourself, right? Anyway, uh, the doctor mentions being president of Gallifrey. We've had that a lot. And, of course, it happened in Classic Who. That's when he was president of Gallifrey. Maybe still is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, And then the Satarans. Oh, we talked about potato heads already. And uh, I'll talk about the Tarovian neck pinch or or nerve pinch. Uh, So... Really, the ter- using the term Tarovian, giving it a name like the Vulcan nerve pinch, and now Tarovian nerve pinch, uh, that's really from New Who, giving it that name. But the act goes back to Classic Who. In fact, many people think that uh, it's it's pretty pretty firm that Star Trek took that move from Doctor Who. Uh, and it goes clear back to Ian Chesterton with the first Doctor in the serial The Aztecs, which is a pretty early on serial. I don't remember off the top of my head what number it was, but um, pretty early on there. I mean, you know, probably first season kind of stuff. Um, he uses a nerve pinch uh, on a uh, um, on an Aztec. And uh, so that's kind of the first time you see that anywhere in... in uh, in fiction, you know, TV or so. And anyway, so Nardole, if you might remember, uh, uses it. And he calls it the Tarovian nerve pinch. And uh, the doctor uses it this time. I don't think we ever see the doctor using it in Classic Who. Um, Although, well, okay, I'll put it this way. I couldn't find any writing of the doctor using it. I couldn't find anyone, anyone documenting it. I feel like I've seen it. But I couldn't find it anywhere, so I can't tell you for sure. But definitely Ian used it, so it definitely is the classic Who uh, origin. So, um, you know, I was talking with the Whovian. He may have already mentioned this uh, this week. 
Um, I've really been been enjoying this uh, this storyline so far, this Flux storyline. Um, if I'm totally honest, I haven't been super impressed with uh, the the uh, Chibnall Jodie Whittaker era. Um, not because she's a woman or anything like that. Uh, you know, I've, I have no problem with that uh, for, for for a doctor, but I just I don't know the stories of a lot of the stories have fallen flat. There have been some shining examples, but overall, I haven't been watching with the same enthusiasm that I did, like with, of course, Matt Smith and uh, when um, uh, oh goodness, uh, blanking on his name, but you, you know the the the. 10th and 11th doctors um uh anyway so you know just really there were um there were just there was a consistent uh, uh, uh consistently good i was consistently excited about watching doctor who then and i haven't had that um really since since matt smith um and so now i've got it back um i'm excited to see and it could really just be that we're caught up uh, I, I'm that I'm caught up and I'm watching it as it's coming out and and I can't just you, you know look up oh what happened here or something like that it could be that they're continuing the story and that adds excitement you know kind of leaves you hanging every week I don't really know uh, you know I can't tell you exactly all the whys and wherefores but I can tell you I'm excited for this uh, season and I hope it it turns out you know it, it keeps my excitement going um, so uh, Chibnall and Whitaker are uh, doing a great job uh, so far in this season so uh, I'm gonna give this one this particular episode I enjoyed it um, I, I had a had fun with it uh, love seeing the Centaurans loved a, you know a little bit less of the jokey Centaurans but uh, loved oh that's one uh, point I didn't put in, but I think we've talked about it before anyway. The fact that they, their their weak point is hitting their like little spot on the back of the neck. Um, they had a name for it this time. I don't think we've seen that before. But anyway, that, of course, is classic Who also, um, that they have that weakness. But uh, anyways, I loved that they, they made fun of them. They, they, they utilized the fact that they aren't really all that clever, um, but still that they were, you know, they... they there was more of a seriousness than we got with Strax around, which was fine. I loved what they did with Strax, but having the whole armies here, this is a little more uh, a serious Centauran business and, and merciless and all that. So I, I enjoyed seeing that. Anyway, all that to say, 8.5 out of 10. I'm going to go with nerve pinches here uh, just because I, I love that it predated uh, Star Trek uh, in that. Um, so And and I'm, I'm going to bump up. Uh, normally, I'd give this probably 20 maybe 50 creep levels. I'm going to bump it up to 100 because the Suntarans looked a little more classic who, and that's a little, you know, a little more creepy looking uh, Suntarans. And of course, the idea of just people being led into battle where they're just going to get slaughtered just because uh, their their leader won't uh, take any anyone else's advice, uh, especially that of a woman. So um, 100 creep levels, uh, more more for psychological creep factor, as usual, from me. All right. Thank you to uh, the TARDIS fandom page. That uh, helped a, a little bit there, but uh, mostly thank you to uh, BritBox and uh, to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more classic Who connections next time. The password is... David Tennant. David mm-hmm. Tennant. Anywho, uh, overall impressions, Trip. What do you think? I. What? Well, oh. <laughs> that's rating. Oh, okay. That's great. That's great. Um, I feel like I like this episode. Maybe 
not as much as the last episode. I feel like it just, it wasn't as strong as last episode, but I don't, I don't want that to get in the way of the rating, but like, I don't know. I feel like this one is just one of those that's not going to stick out in my mind. Like, hmm. it's going to, okay. like, I enjoyed the story while we were watching it, and it was it was a cool episode, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem very memorable. Like, even right now, I'm having trouble thinking. You know what's funny? You remembered thing. way more of it than I thought you would, because uh, Trip didn't watch it the second time oh, with yeah. Corbin. And you were remembering stuff that I was like, oh, well, okay, he, he was with me on that one. Okay. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, there are funny wrong. parts like the walk and like, I'm going to walk, gonna walk out, right of out of here. Yeah. It's so great. I always love the Suntarans. I always love how overconfident they are. And like, even when they're clearly I'm so glad win. they brought Dan Starkey back. Yeah. That yeah. was so great. And even though he's not Strax, sad, <clears throat> but like. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think 8 out of 10 potatoes on horses. <laughs> um, I think I gave last week a 10, didn't I? I think so. Because I was yeah. super, super hyped. Um, I would agree this week was not as good as last week, but last week was flipping amazing. Yeah. Um, it was really great. Here's here's where I think this week was really, really strong. It I remember getting to the end of, okay, we vanquished the Santarans, and going, huh, this whole episode was about the Santarans. This was a one-off romp battling the Santarans in yeah. two different times, right? But we did get sprinkled in the midst every now and then. Not a lot, mind mm-hmm. you. A little bit of Yaz and Vendor and what's going on with them and the Temple of Atropos. And then, oh, look, here's Swarm. And, you know, it was, it was very brief interludes where we did that. But then at the end, after we took care of the baddie of the week and we vanquished the Santarans, we had several minutes with Swarm and Azure in the Temple of Atropos. What are the Mori? What is the planet called time? All of these kinds of things, right? Yeah. That's part of what I said. He's still writing checks, right? But we came back to it. Instead of um, Bad Wolf, where yeah. it's like, we didn't even know that it was an arc. Um, instead of, I'm trying to think of the other one. What was, what was the, um, what was the, what was the arc before River? The fr- I feel like, I feel like Eleven's first season also had an arc. Or maybe it was River. I don't know. But it was sort of like, do y'all know how we've talked about, like, we're going to have these, we're going to have these mystery boxes that get dropped yeah. in our lap in the first episode of the season. And then, Maybe we don't talk about it again until the end, like the master. What the heck was that all about? Maybe we crap on Bad Wolf a little bit too much because it wasn't quite that. That it was less than that. It was less than that because it wasn't even. It wasn't even something that that benefits you on a rewatch. Basically, it's something that benefits you on a rewatch because you notice right, right, right. But that's what I'm saying is, in we didn't get that. We also didn't get the abandoned story arc, like the master shows up. What the heck was that all about? The Ruth Doctor shows up. What the heck was that all about? We hear the phrase, the timeless child in Spyfall, and then we do not come back yeah. to it <laughs> yeah. until the penultimate episode. Not even not even then, really. The end of the penultimate episode. Yeah. So rather than that, we, um, we have an actual ongoing plot. So I, I still think this one was great. I thought, 
Um, the Sontarans aren't my favorite, but I liked the, uh, like, as a baddie. You know, oh, you know yeah. Strax is my favorite. Yeah. But as an actual, like, villain, they're that not my favorite. Dumb. These were pretty intense. These guys, these were pretty bad baddies. Will, your bodies will soften our footsteps. Oh, my gosh, man. Um, and maybe that's because they were more classic Who. Maybe yeah. the new Who uh, Sontarans have been terrible. Um, so I thought it was a great story, but I also love that we got lots more about the Flux. Because if you're going to call the whole season Doctor Who colon Flux, then you've got to keep it on the forefront, and especially because you only have six episodes. You cannot burn an episode. We cannot have a side quest this season. We cannot. We can't go do some other thing, some mundane thing about human beings and aren't they creative or whatever. We can't do that if it doesn't tie into the Flux storyline. So... Um, I am going to give it a nine out of 10, uh, probic vent covers. You know, I actually really hate the Sontarans because <laughs> they're just yet another ah, great evil, another... nearly unstoppable, yeah. easily stoppable. Like we can yeah. go on and on about whatever the doctor does to defeat them because she defeats them like an entire army basically by but herself. Then this one dude with a walk comes in and just <laughs> is able twang. to infiltrate a ship. He gets into the freaking control room yeah. of oh, one yeah, of the sh- of a ship in a shipyard surrounded by guards. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like And he didn't even do it during their seven and a half minute now. I just oh, yeah, I do know. not believe you. That these are great warriors or anything. They're kind right. of imbeciles. <laughs> so, what's your score then? And uh, I don't yeah, think that bit. detracts from the episode too much. I don't really like them. It's probably because but of it was the still hype. a good episode. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. It, maybe if they just didn't try and amp up the fact that they're the greatest warrior race in the universe and all they care about is war, but they suck at it. Yeah. I would care less. But so I'm gonna say. Uh, Eight out of ten. I had something. Oh no! And I completely forgot it. <laughs> Crap. Maybe I can find it in the notes. I'll just do Casto Winfer. I'm gonna copy all of this. His entire Casto Winfer Fell Fox. No, serving Fox commander Fox Ensign Fox. V Vendor of Casto Winfer. Whatever the heck he says. Casto Winfer. He rattled Fox that off in like fell. five seconds. That yeah. was n- it. Was not five nuts. seconds. It was like a half a second. Alrighty, so the creep level Jared gave it a hundred. I'm gonna give it fifty. I don't. I don't know that there was much here that was uh, creepily. I, I feel like creepily. The way that yeah. the dude walks and talks and his like shoulders are like weird. That's not something. creepy. Who? Candy Skull guy. Swarm. Swarm. It's not. He's creepy. got like a weird soul. He's like awesome. He walks I, yeah, kind of like guy. weird, and he's like lanky, and like he has a weird nose and face and stuff. So. so, so like, are you going to give a rating, or are you just so going to body shame this guy? What are, what are you doing here? I'm going to 30. You look weird, and your skin is purple. <laughs> is that racist? <laughs> I don't. Uh, Corbin? Like 20. Who cares? It's not creepy. Yeah. No creep. Um, theories. I don't think Jared laid any new theories on us uh, this week, but he did say that Swarm was a Time Lord or comes from the attempt to give Time Lords regenerations, mm. and he's connected to the Timeless Child storyline. Uh, Trip said, the sw- uh, Swarm made the Flux as the ultimate challenge to the Doctor. That's right, you did say that. The Doctor and Swarm are from the same dimension, but not the same race. Dan is descendant from Williamson. 
That was yours or that was mine? That was mine. Because you said, make it definitive. Because I was like, they're connected somehow. And you're like, oh, make right. it definitive. That's so what I was, it was. like. Um, Williamson figured something out that made Dan special. And Carbonista knows it and underplays it. Dan is somehow important to the division. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say that I think the, the flux is the nexus. And by that, I mean, uh, it is a gateway to another dimension. They are not yeah. in Universe Prime or whatever I it's think called I, Doctor Who. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I think that that's, that's what we're going to find out. That's what's wrong with time. That is why uh, she had the creepy vision of the house and, and all that kind Wherever of stuff. Wherever the, the crack that the Doctor fell through, when whenever time went yes. wonky... Okay. It, it spread from there. Thank you. I'm also going to say that, that the other dimension, universe, whatever that they are in is where she is from. Yes. Yes, I agree. So the flux is the nexus that takes you to the timeless child's uh, universe. Yes. Let's call it universe, dimension, plane of existence, whatever. The thing is, Carvanista has that line like, if you go out in the universe, it's in a bad way right now. Which makes it sound like things aren't ridiculously different, which you would kind of assume would be the case if they literally got teleported to a different universe. So, I mean, the first planet that we go did to did he say that was, this week? He did. Was getting conquered by like right before they left. He said the universe is in a bad way, which suggests. Things aren't great, but it doesn't sound like, oh, and there's like a dozen new galaxies because we teleported into the middle of a new hmm. universe. I was thinking that was last week you said that. Um, I'm also going to say that Passenger is Diane. I don't, uh, I don't Dan feel like Dan is a Time Lord. your <laughs> <laughs> uh, most ambitious assumption yeah. so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I may massage that later on. Something is up with Dan. I'm going to... Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say this, Dan, something, something's up with Dan. Well, that's real definitive. What I mean is something he's not your typical companion. And I think he's a time lord. <laughs> um, hmm. Let's see what else we've had. We had the angels. We had Claire. I don't, I don't have anything to go with yeah. on Claire. Who cares about um, her? Trip, I'm with you. There is a uh, connection between uh, Williamson and, and Dan, Dan, and yeah. uh, they might be the same person. They might be the same. Might be the same person. They might be the same person, which does not disqualify my prediction of he's a time lord. Yes, right? they they could both be true. All right, Corbin, what do you got? I, I don't know. Cool story, son. <laughs> no theories? I think I said last week. I don't really feel like speculating much because... He's not really wrong. This is the most fun I've had with this section because no. now I'm actually speculating on the podcast. I just feel like they've definitively said, we could do just about anything we wanted and y'all can't argue yeah, with us because fun we're like breaking all the rules right try now. Try and predict yeah, it. That's true. There's yeah. infinitely many generations before the Doctor. She's from a different universe. I could have... Bajillions of up, meanings. Okay. Dan is the uh, doctor. The, the game plan. Uh, that's out there. There's a theory out there. There's yeah, a theory out I'm there sure that I'm he sure. is like 
uh, the Ruth Doctor. I'm sure there's a theory yeah. that every character in Doctor Who is yeah. the Doctor. Like, <laughs> they're we're, all the Doctor. We're all the Doctor. Yeah. We're all the Doctor. That's right. We're all um, silence. But the true story was the friends that we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> the true Doctor was the, the friends real time inside Lords of were us. the Doctors we made along the way. Hey, wait. All uh, right. So, guys, the game plan next week we're covering Doctor Who colon Flux comma Chapter Three dash once comma upon time which didn't make sense until we learned that the planet is called time yeah so i guess we ended this episode on the planet time so so apparently the next next episode episode, oh yeah with with a snap happening the most yeah yeah. the most important snap since thanos at least they wanted it to be yeah it won't be it was a little anticlimactic i can't was so drawn out i thought they weren't gonna snap in the end yeah i can't believe they actually let him snap it didn't it that didn't they didn't fit the, the I mean, drama bit, and the <laughs> What's your problem, man? I'm gonna go. All right. Um, after series thirteen, don't forget we're doing our best of series intermingled along with some uh, master plan and some timey wimeys. So I need um, I need two things. One, I need you to go to noobsinthehoobian.com slash best of. Fill out the survey there and pick your favorite episode. Uh, excuse me, your favorite story from each of the, the new who doctors and from uh, the festive specials. And we'll, um, by the way, we need that. We need you to do that soon because pretty quickly after uh, flux wraps up, we're going to be into the season where we're going to be covering that, uh, that festive season because we're going to do it right before Christmas. Actually, the way we're going to do it is we're going to watch the festive special the week of Christmas and the episode will drop in your feed on Boxing Day, December 26th. It'll come in right after uh, Christmas Day. So that'll be fun. Um, so we need to hear from you for your best ofs and also your timey-wimey uh, suggestions. Remember, um, we, we like to keep it something that's fairly easy for everybody um, to get a hold of. And um, for us in particular, it needs to be easy to get a hold of in the States, legally. That's the way we like it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've gotten some suggestions. It's like, most of it's on Daily Motion. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. It's on YouTube for uh, now. <laughs> Until it gets taken down. It's also at 1.5 speed legal. with a weird aspect ratio, oh, so it doesn't yeah. get flagged. But whatevs. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'd love to hear um, some suggestions. By the way, somebody, I don't remember who, it might have been Cindy that I mentioned last week, but somebody said, could the next timey-wimey, and this is, by the way, this was like four months ago when we were still doing timey-wimeys. Yeah. They said, could the next timey-wimey be Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time? And I was like, oh, that's a good one. So we'll, um, we'll hit, have y'all not seen that? I've never heard of it. I don't remember it. if we watched it together. I thought that was a game. There was a game called Prince of Persia, and they made a movie called Prince of Persia, the Sands, Sands of, time. of Time. And it's, uh, it's on Disney Plus, I believe. So um, I think that made the list in my, in my I, I just need to double check it and make sure that it's not like, got like a bunch of you know nudity or something um people getting decapitated or something we, yeah, we, yeah. Do, we do still want to be a family Generally friendly podcast it's on disney plus it. right okay that's true but there's there's some there's some stuff on disney plus now that's kind of like oh really oh, all uh, right then you put that on there uh yeah so anyways guys um hit me up in uh email or facebook or twitter or wherever you want to <clears throat> and let me know your suggestions on that until then guys remember that noobs in the hooving is a production of master closet studios where it's 
always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Your audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. And the production editor is the other one. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Fandom.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his Classic Who connections. And shout-outs, as always, to Victor, Jared, and James for their Patreon support. You can find us at NoobsInTheHoovian.com, where you can find all the things. And make sure that you share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovy, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can be, but always flux. What? Goodbye. <laughs> What's the flux? <laughs> Beep, whoop. <laughs>